It's Tuesday, March 2nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today from the Great White North, Mr. Jim Gillies. Good to see you. Good to be seen, Chris. We've got apparel retail, we've got international retail, but we're going to begin with I'll call this I'll call this stock the star of 2020, Zoom Video. Fourth quarter revenue was 370% higher than a year ago. And I suppose that next quarter is when the tough comps for Zoom video will really start to kick in. But, you know, Jim, you look at uh, the gross margins for Zoom video, they are going in the right directions. Um, uh, the stock was up 10, 11% pre market. It's, it's settled down from that. But, um, but this, is a, this is a great quarter. It's a great quarter. Uh, in my notes here, Chris, uh, I not to be uncouth about it, uh, but I did say, uh, you know, I wrote basically down, uh, is there a bigger pandemic success story than Zoom video in terms of uh, market, you know, just taking uh, taking an opportunity and running with it. Uh, I also love, this is a little, minor little factoid, but I, I love it immensely. Uh, on the conference call, CEO Eric Wan led off the conference call by saying, uh, I am not a cat. I am here, and that's a reference to the uh, the lawyer with the unfortunate cat filter on him. Uh, so I thought that was pretty great. Uh, yeah, I mean the quarter. What can you say? Q4 revenue is up, like you said, about 370 uh, percent. Full year is up about 326 percent to 2.65 billion. Uh, they beat whatever expectations you want to assume the street had, which whatever. Um, they they are making a, a lot of cash. Uh, they made uh, about uh, 378 million of free cash flow. So that's cash after all you paid all your bills and all your capex for the full year. Uh, they were about 1.4 billion. That's only up 12 fold from the year before. Uh, there's about 4.25, 4.3 billion of cash on the balance sheet, the debt free balance sheet. Now 2 billion of that is from a capital raise in the quarter. Uh, the number of customers they added with more than 10 employees uh, was up, uh, I think, about 465,000, 467,000 for the quarter. That's nearly fivefold. Uh, there's more than uh, 1,640 customers contributing uh, over $100,000 per year in annual revenue. Uh, that's up about 150 uh, percent. The the dollar expansion rate for customers with more than 10 employees, that's kind of the sweet spot. You know, they're not interested in you and me individually talking to family over Zoom, but they're interested in institutions with, you know, like I said, more than 10 employees. Uh, that's up more than 130 percent for the 11th straight quarter. So people who come onto uh, Zoom's um, offerings, come to Zoom's offerings, stay and buy more. That's tremendously positive. All of this looks great. So, what am I going to complain about, right, Chris? I, I mean, I figured you'd get there. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get there. Uh, not, not really much, but um, so with Zoom, I, again, this is a fantastic quarter. I would, if I own shares, I don't. Uh, but if I own shares, um, they would be in the part of my portfolio that is furthest from the sell button because I would not be getting. This is a uh, a very broad uh, growth story, I think, still, even with all of this goodness here. But I do have a bit of a what more worlds to conquer fear. Um, guidance was strong, okay? Because is there anybody that at this point doesn't know the Zoom story? You know, hasn't Zoomed? I mean, when, when you've got my... Uh, my um, 
when you've got the my elderly parents set zooming each other, I, I think you know y- you can say you've arrived. And, and and the guidance for this coming year looks strong, but is it strong enough? They they're calling for 42 to 43 percent revenue growth. Now that's good, but again, Q1 last year still had about two-thirds of that quarter. They're on a January fiscal year, so it's a kind of a weird weird year. Uh, about two-thirds of that quarter was unaffected by the pandemic or less affected. So you've got about one-fifth, one-sixth of the year. We'll call it an easy comp. If Q1 hits the midpoint of guidance, it's 175% revenue growth. So we'll come back in three months and, wow, look at this great quarter. But if you back out the first quarter, Chris, and you look and that, and you look and say what what you back out the first quarter assume they hit guidance midpoint what does the next three quarters or what do the next three quarters of 2020 fiscal 2022 or 2021 look against last year and that implies the growth rate for the last three quarters of the year is just 23% and that is not the number that i think zoom shareholders are prepared for um, especially not when it's still trading at 34 times forward revenue. Uh, so there, I, I, that's my kind of takeaway. I think there's a lot to really like here. Uh, as I said, uh, you know, it would be in the corner of my portfolio that's furthest from the sell button. But I think that investors should be prepared for, uh, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a disappointment in the back half of the year. And I think that's going to flow very neatly into the next stock we talk about, because I think we're getting a little bit of that as well here. Uh, before we get to that next stock, I will just sure. add one of, the, one of the comparisons I would make about Zoom, um, uh, and I'm sorry for any sports uh, people who don't like sports that I'm about to lose with this, but it reminded <laughs> me a little bit of, um, you know, pick your favorite sports team. Um, they're on a winning streak but the coach still looks at the team and says, "You know, we st- we're not playing perfectly. We still have things we can be doing better." Mm-hmm. Um, that that to me is sort of the flip side of what you just said, and I, I don't disagree with anything you just said. But I would say if you're a Zoom shareholder, you can probably also take solace in the fact that they had this great quarter, and there are still things to improve. It wasn't like, boy, they are, as Ron Gross would say, firing on all cylinders. It's like their churn rate is still higher than they want it to be. They talked about that. Um, the gross margins are going in the right direction, but they're not nearly where I'm sure Eric Yuan wants them to be. So I, 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 there is room for improvement as well. Yeah. Well, I see my favorite sports team, of course, is the Toronto Maple Leafs. And so we, we've had any semblance of hope or, uh, you know, optimism beaten out of us years ago. So, uh, you know, because they're doing very well right now, but no one expects us to continue. Anyway. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, in, in Washington, um, uh, there's a great uh, columnist uh, for the Washington Post, a guy by the name of Tom Boswell, who's native to the D.C. area and um, is a huge baseball fan. And for, mm, let's just call it, at least 20 years of his adult life, um, Washington D.C. did not have a major league baseball team, but was constantly teased that they were. You know, teams are like, "Oh, we're going to move from this city to Washington D.C." That sort of thing. And I remember Boswell saying one time when it looked like the Montreal Expos were finally going to move to Washington D.C. and become the Washington Nationals, and someone asked Boswell, "You know, do you, do you think it's actually going to happen?" And Boswell said, "I will believe it when they play their second game." 
Yeah. Like that's 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 how much hope had been crushed out of him over yeah. time. It's like what? No, not the not opening day. The second game. That's when I'll believe it. Um, let's get to the next stop, uh, which is Mikado Libre. Uh, they missed earnings for the fourth quarter, and I get that. But pretty much every other number in this report was exactly what you would want to see if you're a Mikado Libre shareholder. Um, revenue was a record 1.3 billion. Gross merchandise volume, unique active users. I mean, pretty much everything else was going up and to the right. Yeah. Three months ago when we did this, I called Mercado Libre's third quarter earnings report the best I saw that quarter and by a wide margin. Uh, so, so this one doesn't live up to that lofty standard. Uh, it was very strong. Uh, now, it's a holiday quarter, so you do expect some you know, holiday-related boost anyway. Um uh, it's maybe a little less great than uh, than last quarter, but I mean that's you know damning with faint praise, I guess, or whatever the opposite of that is. Uh, the stock is off. Uh, I am a shareholder, uh, you know, so the stock is off. Uh, I- I've got a spiffy drop this morning. We'll call it that. Um, uh, and I would warrant that every any other uh, long-term foolish shareholders are experiencing the same thing. Um, and uh, I, but still, I kind of look at Mercado Libre and. Uh, this stock is right beside Zoom in the keep it as far away from the sell button as possible. Uh, the difference is even with today's drop, the stock price today is about 20, 25% higher than it was going into the third quarter. So again, it's that kind of the curse of prior high performance leading to still higher expectations. And even though the numbers are fantastic, as you said, revenue up 148.5%, total payment volume through Mercado Pago up 134%, gross merchandise volume $6.6 billion up 110%. Those are on an FX neutral basis or a foreign currency basis. If you insist on US dollar denominated growth rates, revenue was only up 97%. Uh, payment volume was only up 84%. I hope you can hear the facetiousness in my voice. Gross merchandise volume only up 70%. Mobile orders only made up 72% of gross merchandise volume. This is very much a mobile story. Uh, the number of items sold was up 110%. The number of transactions through Mercado Pago was up 131%. Um, they are minting cash. They did uh, nearly 1.2 billion in operating cash flow, uh, more than 935 million free cash flow. The issue, and again, like I, we are really far away from the sell button on this one. But you know, the issue is similar to Zoom in that you know they've had really great performance, and the expectations built into the stock price uh, were really lofty, and so today it's down. Because this is not a cheap stock, it's trading at about 15 times forward sales, about 85 times trailing free cash flow. You need to keep the growth story going. It is a really, really wide and lengthy uh, growth highway in front of it. Uh, CFO uh, Pedro Arndt on the conference call uh, said, uh, quote, This quarter further established our leadership position throughout Latin America, which is the world's fastest growing region for e-commerce, according to eMarketer. Uh, so, you know, there is a wide, long runway to play here still, but it is gro- It is expensive. It's growthy, but expensive. And if you want multi-bagger returns from a growth stock, this is the price of admission days like this. So. It's down 6% today. I wish I could buy it. <laughs> I wanted to buy Mercado <laughs> Libre. 
well, I, I can't buy it today. Um, I wanted to buy it a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, we, we mention this every once in a while. We have trading restrictions here at The Motley mm-hmm. Fool with regards to, um, I won't go into all of the factors, but the, it's a combination of, you know, um, the timing of the recommendation of stocks in our services combined with, you know, people like you and me who create content. And so, if, you know, if you're, if, if I'm talking about it on a podcast, then um, it's at least a couple of days before I can buy shares of it. But it's, um, but it's very, very high on my list, and and probably going to be one of the next stocks I buy. And hopefully, well, you'll be getting down. a better price. Right? Hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's. Yeah. I'm sure that. By the way, to go back to Zoom video, I'm sure there were people who were hoping that they were just going to have some kind of miss or that they're wait- it's like well now I'll wait and hope that they miss in 3 months so that the stock will sell off 10% instead of just being flat which is always a dicey game to play <laughs> it's like well if, I'll just if wait if you are a long yeah well and you know look if you are a long-term accumulator of stocks uh, which I think and hope that most of us if not all of us are um, yeah, you you want those days where uh, I I've tried to I, I I'm not perfect at this, but I've tried to over the past few years only be a buyer on red days. I only want to be a buyer on red days, um, you know, because I'm getting that little bit discount from the days prior. I guess you want to call it, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I. I, I actively cheer for sell-offs in stocks I own and would like to add to. So, uh, not sure if that makes me a uh, a good or bad person, but <laughs> but I enjoy it. So, uh, well, anyone cheering for a sell-off in Contour Brands is not getting what they want uh, because Contour Brands finished the fiscal year with a bang. This is the parent company of Lee and Wrangler Jeans. Uh, fourth quarter profits were solidly higher than expected. And uh, their digital sales uh, were certainly something to spotlight here. Yeah. Um, so, Contour is kind of one of my favorite stories, my favorite investing stories of 2020. I fully admit to to loving the weird stories, the uh, the places, what we'll call it hidden value. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people, I think, probably looked at a second or maybe third tier jeans company, jeans brand, and said... Who wants who wants that? Um, and it's it's a near triple for us in Hidden Gems Canada, uh, and uh, all because I think uh, all because we were paying attention. So the the backstory here is they were spun off from VF Corp uh, in May 2019. That's important, um, and they know better than anyone else that they're a no growth company. So their whole their whole roadshow ahead of the spinoff was uh, they were going to hype how you were going to get as a shareholder you would get eight to ten percent returns, of which uh, paying a big fat dividend, uh, basically sixty percent of their cash flow was going to spur investors to give them a four or five percent dividend yield. Uh, beyond that, you get some operational efficiency, maybe get one to three percent annual growth, and hey, look at the end of the year you got eight to ten percent. Isn't this wonderful? Then the pandemic shows up, cuts the dividend to zero, stock gets taken to the woodshed, all the ETFs that bought it for the dividend had to puke it over the side. Uh, And so basically, if you were listening or paying attention, you heard management saying, hey, look, this is temporary. The dividend's coming back probably by the end of 2020. Uh, if you, you know, and but you got a chance to buy this between you know twelve and twenty dollars for a good pro- prolonged period of time. Uh, guess what? They brought the dividend back at the end of 2020. It's not at the prior fifty cents, fifty six cents a quarter, but it is at forty cents a quarter right now. Um, and this just completed quarter was 
frankly. Uh, E-commerce was good. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. Um, but I think most people still like to try on jeans and like to see the product. Uh, um, and, and so what I took solace from, what I found interesting, was that the fourth quarter revenue was up 1% versus last year. And of course, last year is pre-pandemic. So they actually did, for a no-growth company, there's no growth, uh, they did 1% growth. That's that's pretty good, considering, all things considered. Um, gross margins were up 42.5%. Uh, to They were at 42.5% for the quarter versus uh, just over 40.5% uh, last year. Very strong cash generation. Guidance is for 350 to 360 per share in earnings this year. So you're at 13 times forward earnings. And the present dividend, because like I said, they did bring that back, that's at about 45% payout ratio right now versus the uh, the roadshow levels of, of 60%. Uh, moreover, uh, at the end of the quarter, they had their lowest net debt level and strongest liquidity position. This is their words. Since becoming a public standalone company in May of 2019, the net debt at the end of the year was down to... Um, Apologies for the number, uh, $666 million. Uh, but it's down $86 million from the prior quarter and down $253 million from where it peaked during the worst of the pandemic. And so can, can I make an irresponsible prediction? Please. That's the okay. only kind of prediction I like. <laughs> well, because, you know, um, I think we will not be doing too many more of these look-ins on Contour Brands, Chris, because I think this company gets taken out in 2021. Because, Who do you think? Go on. Oh, I have no idea who will no do it. Uh, but I think it'll be probably a private equity play of some kind. But um, again, I remember I mentioned earlier, they spun off in May 2019. They were a tax-free spinoff from VF Corp. So I know VF Corp won't be the one that buys them. Um, but they spun off, and to keep the tax-free status, they have to go two years as a public company. Otherwise, VF Corp has a tax hit, and you know there could be all kinds of problems. So I, I have seen a company that's been taken out during that tax-free window before, but most times they, they, they go beyond just to save the problems for the, the former parent. Um, but again, this is a no-growth company that does about $300 million in free cash flow in a non-pandemic year on an annualized basis. So year in, year out, you get about 300 million bucks. Okay. Uh, what's the value of that as a slowly growing perpetuity, even at a no growth perpetuity, 8% discount rate. Um, that's $3.7 billion company. Um, you know, and that's zero, like that, that, that's assuming zero in perpetuity. Uh, you know, so all of their spending on operational improvements, uh, their ERP they've been putting in, all of this is worthless. We're just going to say, oh, it's going to be 300 million annualized. Uh, that's a $55 stock price in midway through 2021 at takeout price. So uh, I, I think someone's going to recognize someone uh, at, at private equity, especially they're actually ahead of my debt repayment. Uh, uh, forecast as well. So I think uh, uh, a takeout artist can basically take them out, lever them up, take the cash flow that they're currently paying as a dividend to pay off them, pay off the leverage that they take on and uh, call it a day. So I, I actually don't expect Contour as a publicly traded company by the end of this year. So you don't, you think it's more likely that they get taken out by private equity as opposed to a larger retailer, a Target, a Costco, someone like that who um, has built up their own digital channels you yep. think private equity is more likely? Yep. 
There's a lot, a lot of money looking for a home out there right now, Chris, and this looks like a pretty good home. Jim Gillies, always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.